007 Goldeneye. One of the most influential games of the late 90s, and one of my personal favorites when I was a kid. With the recent announcement of the Nintendo Switch port and the Game Pass re-release, I'm very excited about uh, just talking a little bit about what this game did, why it's important, and why I enjoy it even to this day. Between its amazing soundtrack, its gameplay, and what it offered for so many kids uh, back in the day, and why it even influenced my game taste to this day. Uh, this is not going to be a super like uh, focused or scripted thing. Um, this is just kind of a test out for a new side series I want to do with the podcast. Since we're not haven't been doing a whole lot with it, it's been kind of dormant. Um, things like that. So anyway, uh, if it's not the most organized, that's pretty much why. Welcome everybody to the Hearthfire Taverns Totally Legitimate Podcast. This is the little sub series I want to do called Hazmat Rants. Basically, a series where I just go and rant about stuff I'm passionate about, and today is about 007 Goldeneye, one of my favorite games of all time. This game came out in 1997, and what I find really interesting is that Rareware, the people who are in charge of the project, were supposed to actually release this game alongside the movie that came out in 1995. But due to a missed timelines and a bunch of development hell things, it ended up getting pushed back until 97. When they missed their deadline, they basically gave Rareware an entire excuse to scrap the project from the beginning and just make something entirely different, which is exactly what they did. This game revolutionized AI, multiplayer, single player, soundtracks, and was one of the first successful console shooters to come out to the day. Most other shooters of the day did not have uh, reactive AI at the time. Uh, it was one of the first to do that because uh, if you think about the competition that was out at the time, it was Quake, it was Doom, it was Wolfenstein. Those were the big uh, players in the, the FPS field at the time. And this game had pr pretty much completely turned that on its head because it was an entirely PC market. How the hell do you play a shooter on a controller? And that was the big struggle at the time in figuring out how, how are we doing this? How are we going to make this work? And that was what Rare's mission kind of was, is to bring it to the masses because unfortunately the, the shooter market was a very PC centralized thing and therefore had a pretty steep barrier to entry. For those who may not know, who may be a little bit on the younger side or just don't know what James Bond 007 Goldeneye was, it was a movie. It was a movie that was released in 1995. It was uh, featuring Piers Brosnan as James Bond. Uh, I'm not a big James Bond fan. Uh, this was literally like my first exposure to James Bond as a concept. And it really just, uh, I don't know, I never got super into the movies, but Goldeneye was one of the movies I enjoyed. And I enjoyed the other James Bond movies that I've watched, but I just never got super into the franchise as a whole. This movie was released in 1995 to critical acclaim. It was a very successful movie. Uh, it was fun, James Bond time, uh, basically fighting Russians against a uh, orbital super weapon, basically, is the, the premise of the story. You don't really need to know much else. It's James Bond fighting the Russians. Uh, when the game was released, it was released to, you know, the movie had come out two years before. It was two years late. So what took them so long? Why did this take so long? Well, it was because it was a development hell. The concept originally was going to be an unreal shooter. 
the on-rail shooter was, uh, you know, something similar to Time Crisis, an arcade game, something very simple. Because it was easy to make, it was rushed, and it needed to make a deadline. When Rareware missed all those deadlines because they'd never worked on a shooter before, they decided to take a risk. They wanted to make something entirely new and something a little bit more representative, and that's exactly what they did. They made a game that allowed for stealth, something that was still being worked on at the time. It wasn't a very big concept, wasn't a very big thing in the 90s because AI just wasn't quite there yet. In the single player, uh, for those of you who have maybe played the game, uh, AI can respond to gunshots. They can see you, quote unquote. You can, <laughs> I'm making quoting gestures and uh, you obviously can't see that. This is a podcast. When these things came out, it was revolutionary. Things can respond to sound. Silenced weapons made a difference between loud weapons. In a shooter, that was not heard of before. Before this, they were basically just zombies that would lumber towards you and maybe shoot at you occasionally. So when, when this became a thing, it was a big deal. And it was like, whoa, I can like sneak around and it makes a difference. That's super cool. That's really neat. How do we make a stealthy game with technology that doesn't quite allow it? And they, they came up with some really clever AI things that uh, were being worked on in the other time for other games. And they incorporated into this one and it worked really, really well. Uh, growing up, my, my parents didn't allow us to play super violent video games, but nonetheless, you know, they'd slip through the cracks, whatever. And this was one of my first games that I remember playing as a kid. And at the time, you know, I didn't have too much of frame of reference. I didn't know how impressive this game was for its era until much later in my life when I did the research, comparing it to other titles at the time, or just kind of getting generally disappointed with other shooters that were because this set a standard for so many people. This had set a new precedent between the multiplayer. Uh, the single player, what to expect from a soundtrack, how do you present a story? This is before, a year before uh, Half-Life came out, before we had this whole reimagining of the shooter genre. This was one of the things that really kickstarted that whole phenomena, I guess, in the late 90s and early 2000s, when we were pretty much reimagining what FPSs could be. Why was the multiplayer so good? Well, have you ever played Halo, Call of Duty, literally any major, major shooter that came out in a console in the last... 20 years it was because of goldeneye that we have things like custom game modes a full customizable multiplayer system split screen things like that this was one of the first shooters if not the first shooter to ever have like a custom game editor and being able to set the parameters the way you wanted to if you wanted players with more health if you wanted certain weapon sets you wanted certain maps whatever it may be this was the game that basically set the precedent for multiplayer to come years and years and years later. Uh, to this day, those influences are still being felt because it pretty much shaped modern multiplayer as we know it, which is pretty cool. It was one of the first to do that. And this game was the first to do a lot of things. I could make a huge deep dive into that stuff and the technicalities of how everything worked, how everything sounds, how everything plays, why the soundtrack was impressive for the time, especially considering the guy who was working on it had never worked on a, a video game soundtrack before. This was his first one. And it, there's so much to talk about, about GoldenEye and its history. Uh, but that's not really the purpose. This is pretty much just me ranting about why this game is so great. Now, the game arguably has aged like milk. It looks terrible. It plays like shit because it has really proprietary controls that were fitted to a controller that uh, in hindsight, honestly functions probably better as a sex toy than it does an actual controller. It worked. It was a single joystick control system that worked. It was janky, but it was the jankiness that made it fun. 
uh, when I revisited this game on uh, an emulator m- many years later, it was pretty recently, it was about a year ago, I started playing this game on an emulator uh, that allowed for keyboard and mouse controls. So getting beyond the janky controls and being able to play the game kind of just under modern controls gave it a more modern light. And I noticed something about the level design that kind of surprised me. The level design held up really well. Though enemies aren't placed in stupid areas, everything kind of makes sense. Nothing feels very unfair. And it feels pretty organic, especially considering at the time when like shooter levels were more mazes than they were like environments like Doom and Wolfenstein. Those were literally just elaborate mazes that didn't feel like a real place. Goldeneye felt like it took place somewhere, like it it was telling a story, which it was. That's That was the whole goal. It was a movie tie-in. So they had a reference to go off of. These levels felt more organic. You can explore these levels. You can see them through their whole, you know, lens, I guess. There wasn't much to them because it was the N64 and there were technical limitations. You could still do that. That was really cool for the time. Being able to see enemies from, you know, 100 meters, that was a big deal at the time because render distances typically just didn't allow for that sort of thing. So it was a technical marvel at the time that you could explore a map. You could like say, oh, I want to go over that bunker and shoot that guy, and you certainly can. Or you can take a silent sniper rifle and shoot them from across the map. That was also an option. A game that provided options was a big deal because more often than not, you were kind of just kind of led down a path where it was only one solution. And uh, that was just kind of the, the the games of the time where it was very linear. It was very like, okay, you walk down a maze, you shoot a couple zombies, you keep moving forward. This game offered opportunities to sneak. You could take the stealthy approach. You can go loud and alert the whole map to your awareness and kill a hundred dudes, just mowing them down, getting to the end of the level. That's why this game was so interesting and so fun to me as a kid, because it offered a different kind of experience, uh, unlike anything out at the time. And even later in the 2000s when I was playing other games, it offered a special kind of freedom that I guess I couldn't feel anywhere else as a kid. And obviously, a lot of this is nostalgia. Uh, Full disclaimer, I am not being unbiased here. This is an entirely biased me discussing what I remember of this game to you and what my modern thoughts of it are. It's a, it's pretty rose-colored, I will not lie. But that's what makes it great. Nostalgia is seen as such a bad thing sometimes. And in this case, I, I like to look at it like, yeah, I'm nostalgic. I'm whatever. But I also have the capability of looking at it a bit objectively. At least I like to think so. You know, there's a lot of elements of this game that have not aged well. Obviously, the controller, uh, like I mentioned before, friggin' awful. I can't play the game for more than an hour anymore with my without my hands basically cramping. Um, the the graphics obviously have aged terribly. Uh, things just looked bad. It doesn't play well. Uh, it the game just has frame rate issues, but that's more the console than it is the game itself. Going up into modern emulators and just playing a more modern version of it, it definitely holds up in a lot of ways. But that is what gets me to my favorite part of this game. Something that I have only briefly mentioned uh, a couple of times throughout this little rant I'm doing. And that is the soundtrack. Earlier in the episode, you probably heard a little bit of snippets, and obviously I can't use it a ton because of uh, copyright, blah, blah, blah. It was like one of my favorite soundtracks ever made. It's all MIDI. It's all just really like uh how how do i describe it very industrial very unique for the time very ahead of its time because it it kind of inspired a lot of like producers later on maybe not it directly but there's definitely 
some more modern music trends in those 90s in this 90s soundtrack that just it just holds up really really well i love listening to this soundtrack for so many reasons a because i'm nostalgic and i'm i'm a whore for nostalgia but I also just, it's just such a cool sounding soundtrack. It's catchy. It's fun. It is, it just gets you fired up, you know? And that's what any good soundtrack should do. It's memorable. I can identify the GoldenEye soundtrack from three miles away. And that's what any good soundtrack should do. It should be memorable. It should stick in your head and remind you of many different things. You should be able to look at something and say, oh man, the GoldenEye soundtrack could sound really cool here, or the Zelda soundtrack, I can remember it and we can put it into this and it sounds really cool. It should remind you of things. It should stick in your head because that's what really makes it unique. That's what makes it memorable is just, it's just fun. I love the soundtrack so much. Uh, I, w I wish I was more of a music oriented person so I can kind of talk to you more about like, oh yeah, this uh, soundtrack is interesting for this reason. But I really don't have much of that besides the, the iconic GoldenEye sound. Uh, you know, this one. It's actually just a slowed down and echoed tambourine noise, which I found super interesting. Um, but this rant is going on a bit long. I, I don't want to like bore your guys' head out by just ranting aimlessly about a game that came out 25 years ago. But I, I want to conclude this by saying uh, I, we, we apologize for, for not making the podcast. Life came up. Life came up hard uh, on me. I got a new job and it just made it very hard to find time to do the podcast, but we are in efforts to, to bring it back. We have done some rebranding. We're no longer shift fire when our, the Hearthfire Tavern are just Hearthfire. Um, so welcome everybody to the Hearthfire Tavern. My name is Hazmat and this is the Totally Legitimate Podcast. This is my little Hazmat rant segment where I want to occasionally post a little rant about something I found passionate or something that's been on my mind for a little bit that someone finds some enjoyment out of it. I don't know. But anyway, um, this is pretty much where I'm going to wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening to my little rants. I know it was kind of aimless, but, you know, it's <laughs> it, it kind of helps me cathart a little bit uh, about, you know, this game and what I've been feeling about it, what I've been thinking about. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening and stay tuned. We're going to be doing some episodes coming up soon, especially now that um, there's more things coming out that we're really excited about uh, here at the Hearthfire Tavern. And we're going to be bringing back the Totally Legitimate podcast. Uh, at least that's my goal. Uh, it's going to be uh, a bit yet before we start doing that again, because I have to find time to edit. We have to find time to record. Uh, and life has just been busy. So we're all hoping to do it again. We're all still here. Uh, so thank you guys for so much for listening. And if you've been following along here at home, uh, we thank you a lot for, for listening to our podcast as aimless as it is. Uh, you know, it, it's a podcast about nothing, but that's totally fine. I think that's the appeal of it. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys later. See ya.